0: Hello, I'm Buddha Z. Today's podcast will contain the Buddhist poem, Origin of Suffering, Part 1. Then I'll explain uh, some of the stuff that happened during the poem. And then we'll tackle another piece of the Four Noble Truths. And there you have it. There's our podcast for today. Okay, so this is the Shaolin Records podcast, Buddha Z Explains... Remember, I'm Buddha Z. Produced by Richard Del Connor. Our ASCAP music publisher is Shaolin Music. They can explain any of the copyright stuff to you. And today's podcast show title is I got look. It's Truth Number One is Source of Pain. So that's the title. Truth number one is Source of Pain. Okay, and let's see. This is the Buddhist poem, Origin of Suffering, Part 1, by me, Buddha Jin. I thought that was clever, to never say, never do. Buddha didn't make religious rules, because Buddhism is for rational adults, not emotional fools. Rather than say, don't have sex with minors, he says it in another way. To explain the origins of suffering, he explains the suffering can be caused by what we do and say. Then he elaborates on all kinds of sex and how some should be avoided like a hex because some flowers should not be plucked. So Buddha explains which flowers should not be. The way Buddha condemns rape or abuse is by limiting the opportunities we have to choose. He said, a person should not make love to anyone living with their parents. That's it. No matter how much you want or desire it, having sex with dependent children is best not thought of. Unfortunately, my ex-wife did not agree, and had our daughter's lover move in with me, I was a ghost, so my rules wouldn't be interfering with sex my young son could see. Buddha was so 2,500 years ago smart, he said nothing but suffering would result from having sex with a doomed start. Unless you belong to a perverted cult, per- <laughs> perhaps Buddha read the Ten Commandments. In Buddha's four rules, his four noble truths, he covers every one. He mentioned that coveting your neighbor's wife will result in suffering that cannot be undone. Buddha just offers the choice. Do you want to live to suffer or rejoice? He explains a few things that never work. It's up to each disciple to be a Buddhist or a jerk. Buddhist, Buddhism has no rules, just a bunch of wise words for tools. If you'd like to live a happy life, he explains you don't want a crappy wife. Although there are a wide variety of men, he explains there are seven wives from which to be chosen. If you are aware of what you want and need, he explains how to pick a mate to do more than breed. I've written a Buddha's marital advice in my poem, I See a Ceiling, I don't mind explaining it twice, but I like that poem's tone and feeling. I told Buddha's story then, and I may have changed his order when I explained it then. Really, really nice. Well, anyway, Buddha also mentions lying as don't tell lies about other people. Oops, I forgot to put my phone in airplane mode so uh, that poem was interrupted. But let's go back to where I left off there. I said, Buddha also mentions lying, as don't tell lies about other people. So bearing false witness, a Buddhist shouldn't be trying. Despite Buddhism not having a church or steeple, all the not supposed to exist, altars and icons and temples above hell, have been out of guilt or fame erected to honor Buddha's words. They weren't intended to be a moch rotel or to collect paying members and turds from birds, at least not intended by Buddha. There's no Buddhist religion inside any shrine. There's no Buddhism in the forest. Buddhism requires people investing time, helping others to live and be their best. And that's the end of the poem, and that's the end of the of the story. If you want to be a Buddhist, you have to help other people to uh, live a better life. Thank you for helping us with our survey. And how did you like your copy of the Four Noble Truths of Buddhism as explained by Buddha Z? That book you have right there in your hands. How did you like that? Now, Four Noble Truths is the weirdest book I've ever seen. It's like it's, it's like life, you know, weird and unexpected. And, what was kind of cool about it, though, too, I never read such funny poetry. That Buddha Z should be a comedian. Um, yes, thank you. Uh, get the Four Noble Truths. It's weird. All right, now, some, uh, some parts of the poem we might want to discuss. Um, I mentioned something that's very important. You can't be an emotional Buddhist. That doesn't exist that's like saying I'm a murderous Christian you know you just can't be both at the same time so emotions are not part of Buddhism that's why I think it's probably the only really good part about it or the best part about it is if children learn it at a young age uh, they learn not to be emotional I think most of it is very psychological and adult-oriented. So I found that my children were not able to absorb much of the Buddhism, and I look forward to sharing that with you as adults and, and seeing if it sticks a little better. But I got some really good stuff on the internet already and I've written some other stuff. We've got a whole bunch of stuff all over the place. and uh, But in the poem here, uh, we I did point out that, um, where does it say? Uh, Buddha didn't make religious rules because Buddhism is for rational adults, not emotional fools. In other words, he's, he always presumes he's talking to like a college audience, people who want to learn something. He's not forcing people to learn. It's a gathering where people are coming wanting or expecting to learn something they they want to be a little smarter they want to be a little better so the people who were even always listening to buddha were coming to him with a certain foundation level of development which um i'd like to help get you all to at least um, and then you'd be the level of people before they invented buddhism <laughs> but anyway um let's see another point that he said was um Uh, Buddhism requires choosing logic over pleasure, and that's of course where um, all the other religions don't like what they don't like to talk about. Uh, They just say pleasure is bad, but um, Buddhism basically says that pleasure isn't bad, it's just that it's only bad if you know you should choose not to do it and then you still do it then pleasure is bad. So Buddhism teaches everyone to be the master of their destiny and to enforce your own rules. So if you think that doing something is wrong, then you enforce that. You don't need someone to enforce it. You don't need a rule. You don't need someone to call you up and tell you not to do it. You don't need someone to watch over you. You learn how to just do the right thing. When you have that conflict of your desire versus your logic, your logic will win. Then it's what's nice is when you learn to be really logical, your logic is flexible. So your logic can conform to your desire whenever you logically decide it's a good idea. <laughs> so living like that is a much nicer way to honor your emotions and feelings. Is decide it's like a child. You just don't let your child have everything they want in the store and get candy anytime they want it. You have to learn to make logical decisions there. And that's what Buddhism is about all your life. And uh, let's see a third thing was uh, Buddhism has no spirituality anywhere and this is where Americans or Westerners all have problems because we've all been raised to think that there's magic and that Christ and God and the angels can all perform magic tricks and do things and and do things to people and do things to the earth and the planet and that they have all these powers over people. Um, I haven't seen any of them, but all these people believe in them. I was taught to believe in these powers. It took me a while to realize that they didn't exist. Uh, But anyway, uh, so the point is is that Buddhism... As uh, actually coming from the Vedic religion so all the people starting in Buddhism at that time believed in all kinds of gods and such so Buddhism didn't actually say there weren't any gods because he didn't want to basically you know fight with all the other religions and fight with the only his people he's trying to sign up he just decided to not talk about me so you can believe whatever you want about your gods but let's talk about what life's like on earth let's talk about what we do know and where we are you know so he just basically ignored the whole the whole issue and um, so that's why there is no spirituality there is no magic I'm I found that for years I was kind of like because of my Native Americanism, which gives a lot of honor and respect and endowment and kind of uh, um, neat stuff to the to what's going on. The I was kind of like being spiritual whenever I hung up my icons and flags before class. I would have a kind of a brief pause and moments and look at them and you know I gave, I had reverence. I was like giving reverence to these objects and I was giving reverence to the objects not because they had spiritual value or anything, I bought them in Chinatown, but they had reverence in terms of or, or and I had endowed them to represent the qualities that I was trying to teach the people. So it's a kind of an interesting thing to put those values on material possessions and it kind it kind of seemed to have its place for years but i'm really having trouble with it now and um i'm kind of just being straightforward a lot more but we still salute and bow to them in at the start and end of each class all our flags and everything and that's because we have to give we it's it's important for people to have respect for the past and so there are certain things that we have to give respect for. Oh, I don't have to create it artificially. They deserved it. They've earned the respect. And and when you get to be a part of this, you get to you get the opportunity to appreciate these people and say thank you for this neat stuff that they've given us. So anyway. Oh, in in that sense, but that's an internal thing, and you're not really got to can't really you know you've got to just kind of believe in doing it, and then realize that you're doing it internally, and that's the warrior, and that's the other thing I've come to realize in the last year is that the warrior cannot be created. See, my dad's generation was totally misled. I was the last generation. We were the hippies. We broke the spell. We were from uh, from the old Native American count coup culture that said you had to go out to battle to be a man. You had to kill her. Uh, in in the um, Native Americans counting coup didn't mean you had to kill someone it just means you had to strike them with a stick. The coup stick was a large stick with a ball on it i mean it would it would probably kill someone and it probably did kill more people than it didn't <laughs> but it, the only purpose of it was really to just hit the enemy and then you could go back to your village and say yes I was in contact with the enemy I hit him and I got out of it and i I'm still standing so anyway that that's counting coup and so anyway much so my dad was raised when my when World War two started my dad on honestly believed that it would make a man out of him and it'd be a good thing for his character to go to war. And it wasn't. My dad has never, ever told me a war story and refused. I thought about five years ago when I was staying with my dad for some months, um, uh, I'm a senior now and I thought my dad and I could really talk and he could level with me but he still refused, he said he couldn't talk about it he never has, he never will, he never will. could, I mean it was so harrowing it's so traumatic, his PTSD his only way of dealing with it was just to ignore it and pretend it never happened so, um, it did not make a man out of my dad, in fact he's I've only heard a few little mumbles of complaints from him about uh, those type of issues you know, that he was miserable, just miserable um anyway. Okay, so war is not good. War is not good. And um, that's unfortunately the culture that we're in is that it is that war will make you stronger and make you a better person. And we're learning that's not true. In fact, one of the goals that I'm doing here is I'm actually hoping to Literally, end all wars. It's amazing. When I talk to people, they believe that war has to exist. They've all been brainwashed by whoever's controlling the country that um, war is a good thing and that war is necessary and all these things. And they're perpetuating all this mumbo-jumbo that's total BS. I mean, it's it's amazingly stupid stuff that these people are, are hashing out, that they've been force-fed since they were kids. But anyway, I was a hippie. I was part of that generation that grew up thinking that war would make a man out of you. And uh, I was lucky. I was going to be a conscientious objector anyway, probably. And even when I was in Canada, and the FBI were looking for me, because they thought I was evading the draft, because I was in Canada when I turned 18. (laughs) So the FBI were looking for me. They were hunting me down. They were bugging my mom. And knocking on her door, where's your son? She thought I was they, they figured she was hiding me or something, you know. But heck, my mom would. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, that was. Um, but I was lucky; it didn't. So, so where where we? Oh, back to the warrior thing. So the the true warrior. Now this is the one thing I've learned in this last year. Let me give you this little epiphany: is that putting. Uh, Okay, most people are workers. Okay, you're a worker. Who cares what you do, whether it's an assembly line at a car plant or you're a carpenter or a plumber or a banker. You're a worker. You, You sell your time and, you know, have to probably move your body to some extent, and then when you're done, you get paid money. You're a worker. You trade your time for money. That's what a worker does. Now, if you decide to be a soldier, that means that you're a worker with a uniform whose tools are not typewriters, they're guns, okay? So now, you're basically a worker who's a soldier. So you're not a warrior. You're just a worker who's doing a warrior type of job. But you're not a warrior you're still just a worker and that's what my dad was he was just a worker so that was too much for him he could not handle that trauma now I think if you were born with a warrior spirit maybe you'd like it too much maybe you'd actually enjoy killing you'd kind of snap over to the other side of of realizing that you're on a survival mode it was like hunting animals I don't know I have unfortunately had to cross over into that but I do think that I have a bit of a um, a warrior spirit in me because of the way I act and the way that I do things and the way that I try to pursue things and do the them right and and keep doing them even when I don't want to. And so I think that the warrior spirit has made me a better worker. And the warrior spirit has made me a better musician. And the warrior spirit has made me a better businessman. I'm able to fuel all of those on my warrior ethic is, is really what it is. It's not my work ethic. It's a warrior ethic. But anyway, the, um, where were we? I started on this for something. Um, Buddhism has no spirituality. But basically, I was going to say there's no gods, so nothing is ever blessed. Buddha bless you is a, is actually uh, is a... I don't want to say it's stupid, but it's it's hundred percent wrong because Buddha does not bless anyone. Buddha doesn't do that. He's not even supposed to be thought of as a god, even if he is. You're not you're not supposed to be talking to him. You're supposed to be living your life and dealing with him. He he's busy wherever he is. He doesn't want heck, he had a heck quite get him and Krishna, they had anyway, yeah, they did well in their lives. <laughs> he was successful even being homeless. He he was anyway, yeah, good stories. I'm looking forward to telling some Buddha stories. So where were we? Um, I just wanted to discuss the poem. Was there anything else I wanted to say about this poem? Oh, it did get uh, cut in half there. It was kind of sectioned and uh, and broke in there. I got to remember to stay on airplane mode, which I'm not in right now. Hope I don't get a, um, uh, interrupted. But yes, in terms of um, oh the the wives, the seven wives. That's a fascinating. Um, and, and he's so right. I don't know if there is an, an eighth type of woman. There are seven types of women. And uh, it'll be interesting. I can't wait to give you that. I see a ceiling is a, is a poem where I actually wrote and did a really good job of expressing and saying them all. Because I'd rehearsed, I'd said it that day. It's a true story of me actually preaching at a hospital <laughs> to all the nurses and everybody, and and then I went and wrote the poem. That's that's a really cool poem. So anyway, um, I get back to you in a bit here. The album Four Noble Truths by Buddha Z. Buddha Z said. He likes the Beastie Boys, but he has never purchased or downloaded a single rap song. So Buddha Z is emerging from a world without hip-hop into poetry plus heavy metal. He hasn't finished yet, but people are already tapping their feet to these demos we've got here. And they haven't even put any bass or drums on it yet, huh? Well, this is DJ Rubin telling you, it's a weird kind of hard rock, guitars, and, and he's insulting... Rappers and gangsters. It's a, it's, it's a weird album. All right. Now, today's discussion of the four noble truths is truth number one. Okay. Um, the four noble truths are number one, uh, life sucks. Number two, uh, the sucking eventually will stop. Number three, you can figure out how to influence the stopping of the suckage. And number four, you can live a life with less suckage. So that's the Four Noble Truths. Um, I kind of paraphrased there a little for modern listeners. So anyway, that's the Four Noble Truths. You know, basically, life's bad. It, it Bad things end. You can make them end sooner, and maybe you can actually avoid them entirely. Those are the four truths. So here we go. Number one, the origin of suffering. Every single thing in your life has an origin. Well, let's just start with the good. Well, it doesn't matter if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it has an origin to it, okay? If you're bleeding, yeah, the origin might not be, you know, the uh, Band-Aid, it might be the, is it the skin underneath or is it deeper? Is it the muscle that's bleeding or is it deeper than that? Is it the bone that's bleeding? I don't know. You know, the point is, is that uh, you got to find the origin. You got to go to the deepest part uh, of the very, of the core of whatever's causing the problem. Okay, if you got a back pain, you don't just put a back brace on. It might be your bed. You got to fix your bed that's causing the problem in your back. You got to go to the core of the suffering. So that's the lesson you have to learn. So over the next week, as you think about the, you know these Buddhist lessons, hopefully, and you're kind of trying to figure out the wisdoms that you can, you know, reword it and make it sort of fit into your life. There's there's something smart in these things, believe me. And uh, so if you can figure out what's smart about them and figure out a way to make yourself a little smarter, that's all that we're trying to accomplish here. So here we go. Number one, the origin of your suffering. So, um, life, okay. So actually we're going to backtrack even more. Instead of trying to help you psychoanalyze or or figure out what your individual sufferings are, let's still just explain what suffering is. Okay, so that's what we're looking for over the next couple episodes, maybe, because that's what Buddha does. He breaks down suffering in the ways that I would have never considered, and I still don't want to consider. But he and I'm not even going to throw all that out at you. <laughs> you can go get a book on Four Noble Truths and Buddhism and read them all yourself. But he, he he talks about all kinds of stuff, and a couple of things that are kind of interesting, which I'll throw in the uh, next one of our next poems. Um, I'm not sure which one it is. It might be the preview one, which is at the uh, maybe about ten poems away or more. But it's about the, the vultures, and the vultures are an interesting part of Buddhism. Okay, so Here we go. Now, let's just take three little points and then we'll talk about those for today. And the three points are life includes suffering of the body. Number two, life includes mental anguish, suffering of the mind. And three, all suffering has an origin to be discovered, researched, and understood. Okay? Those are the three things we'll just mention real quick and let you go. Because your whole idea is to get smarter, not bored. <laughs> you should never get bored. The only people who get bored are the people who aren't looking for anything. All right, here we go. Number one of these three things we're going to talk about. Life includes suffering of the body. Man, don't you wish that wasn't true. Um, sometimes, I, like I was telling a friend of mine, uh, you know, I say, you know, I, I sometimes figure that I'm going to the movie theaters just so I can get a... a cold, a flu, not because I want to suffer, but because I basically want to immunize myself. But I accept that I I might have a little suffering. I might start to get a runny nose. Of course, I'm going to deal with it, and I'll give you my secrets, you know, of how I deal with viruses um, and nasal sprays and stuff. But anyway, um, but I do, I, um, you know, you have to presume that life includes suffering, includes illness and injuries and all kinds of stuff. So, um, you know, that's just it. you got to accept that. You can't complain about it, and uh, if you just compla- if you're suffering and then you're complaining about it, that means that you're really out of touch with reality. So get in touch with reality. accept the fact. They're suffering. And stop complaining. <laughs> I mean, you can tell people if you need, they need to know that. Um, and, boo, okay, next one. Buddhism requires choosing logic over pleasure. Oh, no, that was our previous thing about the poem. Well, that too. But life includes mental anguish. Well, actually, those are totally related. Those are completely related. Most of our mental anguish comes from choosing pleasure over logic. When we make logical decisions and we're working with them, we're doing business. And you might get frustrated, but anguish means there's an emotion that means it's an uncontrollable emotion and you should never be doing business with uncontrollable emotions <laughs> you're, you're in the wrong job or something you know don't ever do that I don't want to go to have my cashier start yelling and screaming at me with uncontrollable emotions no that's an unprofessional. that's not that you can't do that <laughs> so anyway um, <coughs> life includes mental anguish so things are going to go wrong so you got to figure out the source the source of these things and it's usually going to be yourself, as Buddhism keeps pointing out. And people always say, oh, Buddhism says you can't have any desires or any pleasures. Well, pfft, you know, you can have plenty of them. You got a desire to get up in the morning. You got to have desire to take a shower. You know, you got to have all kinds of desires. Um, we have lots of desires. You just got to realize that some cause you trouble. And you got to realize that when they're causing you trouble, it's not that there's trouble. It's that you've got a desire that may be unreasonable right now. So you just got to always keep track of your desires. And uh, you get to be smarter. Ignoring them and trying to put them all in a box is not part of Buddhism, it never has been. That's why even living in the monastery is a cop out. Yeah, I think that over the uh, centuries, you know, the, a lot of the sages and the Buddhist sages uh, pointed out that uh, Buddhism is about interacting with people, not hiding in a mountain cave. All the, but, but we'll talk more about that, though, too. Let's see. Now, where were we? Um... All suffering has an origin to be discovered, researched, and understood, and this is so important and i 'm so surprised when I talk to people and I try to get them to take care of themselves or you know research their own illnesses or find a cure is that people do not try very hard and that 's a scientist a scientist really tries hard to dig for those clues and facts uh maybe that 's make what makes the best uh, you know forensic researchers for policemen is they're actually a scientist because they like to delve into the, the, the details. And I'm always surprised when people don't, because I have that scientific, that artistic mind. So I'm, I'm always surprised when people don't want to research and figure that out, even when I'm kicking them in the butt to do it. But that's what it is. And that's what you have to also sometimes realize is if you do have weaknesses in these areas, <clears> then <throat> this is areas you have to push yourself more. Someone like me, I don't maybe have to push as hard in some areas as you do because you're wired differently. You have other weaknesses or strengths. And maybe you've got certain good habits that maybe I have to reinforce with more effort in my life. But point is, is that take control of your life, and uh, you're, okay, so your problems, you got to research it, if you've got something bothering you, you need to research it, you need to go on the internet, Google it, YouTube it, talk to your doctor, uh, you know, whatever it is, you got to figure out what's wrong with you, and and fix the origin of the problem, you know, go to the fixing, maybe changing your shoes, you know, or your way you walk to fix a knee problem, so you just got to get to the core of the problem, so, okay, so fix your suffering, anything that's bothering you, do it, in fact, that's what we're going to do, by the time you finish this, course, if this is a course, this whatever it is, at some point I'm going to get all through all four of these truths and you're going to have everything you need to be smart. It's going to be impossible for you to be stupid after that point if you heard all this. (laughs) So too bad. If you want to be stupid, get out now. But anyway, yeah, I'll give you all this stuff to work with and you'll be able to take control of your life. That's what it's all about. That's what Buddhism is. It's taking control of your mind, taking control of your body. And through that you kind of find a spirituality which is a kind of a Taoist harmony with life which has kind of rewards and rewards. Blessings and, uh, and, and feelings of that that are really wonderful, whether they're spiritual or just hormonal or whatever. They're just living the best that you can, and Buddhism can get you to a point of kind of a bliss if that does exist in this earthly reality. Okay. So anyway, let me see. Where am I going to leave you here? Um, so that was the origin of suffering. We're on number one of the four. So think of anything that's bothering you. Anything. Anything from people, to problems, to plumbing, to whatever. let <laughs> see if you can find the source of it. Trying to get out of here. My phone kind of put me on pause. Okay. Oop, oh, I just came back to remind you to go to com. I got a whole bunch of websites, but the ones that are going to relate to this podcast and the things I'll be talking about will hopefully be Available and um, obvious at that website, buddhaz.com. See you there. I've got a really appropriate song here to um, end this podcast. It's called Peace of Mind by American Zen. It's actually Peace of Mind number one because there's a Peace of Mind number two song, which is more of a radio hit than this one. But this is the first song written. And it's a little sad, but it's kind of cool. And you'll get uh, a sample of it at the end of the podcast. And then you can go get the hear the rest of the song over at Spotify. So anyway, this is the Peace of Mind song. And what is Peace of Mind? Well, Peace of Mind has to actually exist in a world without stress, without shame, without guilt, without lots of negative things that a lot of people try to live with. So that's what I think is most important about Buddhism, it fixes all the things that make it impossible for you to be happy. All the things that get in the way of your having peace of mind. Here it is, peace of mind. This is from the Level 2 Equals Christ Killer by American Zen album on Shaolin Records. Peace of mind.